Hey guys, welcome back to the GOAT Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Clark, and today I have Monica Teske with me again. Monica, good to have you back on the podcast. Thanks. Glad to be back. Today we get to do something super fun. Uh, I don't know if you listeners play Madden at all, but it is always enjoyable to get to build your own franchise. And I even sometimes will set lofty expectations where I will trade my starting quarterback every year and try to win it all with a rookie every year. Um, that's that's what you call like really being into hurting yourself and being, was it a masochist uh, that people call themselves when they, they're just into pain for no reason? That's That's that. Um, today we are going to go from 2019 to 2022 and we'll talk about 2023's draft and why I don't have any issues with it, but we're going to basically redraft the Steelers last four of five and yesterday's playoff game, or really probably two days now, Saturday's playoff game, there was a player on my list that made a big play with one of my redrafted uh, players. So, Without further ado, Monica, what are you expecting to see me do in these drafts from 2019 to 2022? Um, I don't know. Uh, I really, I think, I know where your mind is on some of it, but I'm interested to see what you do with the uh, running back position and the quarterback position specifically and uh we'll see i mean there's other positions but those are the two that i think i'm most interested in right this second all right without further ado what i have done in this draft i wanted to to make this known i hate when i watch people saying like we're gonna redraft the 2023 nfl draft and then like pick number five is puka nakua and it's like okay duh hindsight being what it is obviously we would say puka nakua would be a first round pick i did not approach it this way all i have done was i only took players that were available from the time that i drafted to my next selection unless there was no name possible and i then had to go beyond that but I didn't I didn't do anything where it's like if Talanoa Hufunga, who's not on my list, but he was a fifth round draft pick. I didn't draft him in the first round. So I, I wouldn't take a player in the first round that didn't get drafted until round five. So I want that to kind of be understood because that's gonna shape some of these up because if a guy, you know, like Brock Purdy, for example, who was Mr. Irrelevant, he wouldn't be my first overall pick in twenty twenty two. I would right. not take him until I got to round seven. But that's something to keep in mind because as we go through this, you're going to see kind of my logic. So I do think that's a more realistic way of doing it. I like that. I appreciate that. 2019, my most chaotic one, honestly, that I did because I have zero chill in this draft. Uh, this is the draft where the Steelers traded up with the Denver Broncos to select Devin Bush. linebacker <laughs> from Cheetigan. I'm sorry, Michigan. Um, this draft pick was an epic fail of drastic proportions, but not immediately. Ironically enough, Devin Bush had a great rookie season and was playing pretty well in 2020. 
tore his ACL and was never the same. And even now, he's still not the same. He is in Seattle. So, Monica, do you think I redrafted this pick? Do you think I still traded up? What is your what is your expectation for what I did here? I'm trying to remember that draft. I don't remember. I remember that trade very well, very well, because it's between our teams. Mm-hmm. But as far as what else happened, I'm assuming you just didn't make the trade. Yeah, I, no trade. I stayed at 20, which also meant that we got to keep our second round pick because we gave that to you as well. Mm-hmm. So that's important here because I took Montez Sweat at number 20. Um, so there's a defensive end there, Montez Sweat. Now, at 64, Seattle had this pick from another trade that was made. And I'm going to take the player they took. And I'm going to take DK Metcalf, wide receiver, Ooh. at 64 overall. And I'm going to tell you, or at 52 overall, sorry. He was originally 64, but I'm going to tell you the craziest part of this. I met DK Metcalf and would have loved it so much if we had been able to draft him, but we gave him up for Devin Bush. So I've fixed that. We have DK Metcalf. At pick number 66, we selected Deontay Johnson. Monica, do you think I changed this pick? No, I think you stayed with it. You are absolutely right. I did not change this pick. You come out of a draft with DK Metcalf and Deontay Johnson, it's better than what we tried to do the year we took George Pickens and Calvin Austin, and I'll say more about that in just a moment. So I kept DJ. So now think of this, 2019, Ben Roethlisberger's still there. You're Mm -hmm. trying to gear up for another Super Bowl run with him before he retires. 2019, coincidentally, is also the year that we had to go after Minka Fitzpatrick, which comes into play in 2020. But do you already feel better about this draft and this team than what we did? Absolutely. Well, wait till I tell you what we did at 83. Because at 83 overall, the Pittsburgh Steelers took Justin Lane, cornerback out of Michigan State. Do you think I traded or do you think I changed this pick or kept it the same? Oh, you changed it. Yeah, we drafted Max Crosby instead. Uh, (laughs) uh, Number 106 overall to the Raiders, typically, originally. But here he goes, 83 overall. So you come out of this draft already with four guys that all of us thought were better players when they were drafted. Because when Max Crosby got drafted, a lot of people were saying, don't sneeze at that with Cleveland Farrell being taken fourth overall. Crosby's a great defender. And something that I don't know that people really understand, Crosby has played 100% of the snaps as a defensive end in multiple games every year. If I heard correctly, this past year, he did it seven times. And and what is bonkers to me about that is, you know, then looking at, you have, you take Cameron Hayward out, and you replace him with Montez Sweat or Max yeah. Crosby. That is sick. And you can still keep the 3-4 front if you want because you have Crosby, Sweat, and Hayward. Who's running yeah. on that? And I know we had Stefan Tuitt at this time, but people don't really remember. Stefan Tuitt around 2019 and 2020, 
he was injured most of 2019. And he was just a shadow of his former self. Mm-hmm. So, at number 122, the Steelers selected Benny Snell. I'm going to speed up after we get to round four because it just is faster to do it this way. Uh, we did change that pick, and I redrafted Tony Pollard from Memphis, who was originally taken 128 overall. And that's what kind of ticked me off at some of these. We had the chance with several of these picks to select this player. It's not like I went 20 picks deep to find them. Mm -hmm. It's just six picks of a difference. But we took Benny Snell instead of Tony Pollard. Uh, he plays in Dallas now and has been the starting running back this year. Not been great, but you're not going to need him to be that great. It's okay. No, yeah. You just need a running game. And this was the Le'Veon Bell year that we didn't really know or this was the James Conner year. We didn't really know whether Conner was going to be the guy or not, but you have Tony Pollard so much better than when Conner got hurt and we had to throw in Benny Snell. At number five, round pick, round number five, 141 overall, we took Zach Gentry. No, we didn't. We took Andrew Van Ginkle. Outside linebacker depth, who originally went 151 to Miami, and he's been starting this season after their injury concerns. That year we lost TJ last season. That was a huge problem. Well, if you've got good offensive linebacker, outside linebacker depth, excuse me, you don't have to worry about it. Pick number 192, we took Isaiah Bugs. No change. We should not have let him go. Uh, and I remember it was crazy. We texted about that because anytime we take an Alabama player, we usually talk about it. And mm -hmm. at the time, we thought Bugs wasn't going to be a very good player. He's turned into a decent role player in the NFL. He's with the Detroit mm -hmm. Lions, last I saw, and still playing very well. 219 yeah. overall, Derwin I think, Gray. I think my biggest issue with, with Isaiah Bugs is I thought that mm -hmm. he was a reach at that at that level. I agree. But it ended up actually being a, a good pick that we foolishly let go. Mm -hmm. um, 219, Derwin Gray, offensive tackle. Uh, no, we're going to take the punter, A.J. Cole, who was an undrafted free agent that Ooh. year to the Oakland Raiders at the time. So, Monica, what would you grade my redraft in 2019? I you that defense is gonna demolish everybody in its path. Yeah, twenty twenty and Steelers on defense is, is better. Incredible. Yes. Now twenty twenty, we had no first round pick. Minka was was selected. So basically, how we all had to figure that out is Minka was our first round pick. People, Worth please it. remember that. Worth, Worth it every time. It. Pick number 49, Chase Claypool. Monica, did I change this pick or keep this pick? You you changed it a million times over. I kept it. <laughs> and here's why. I knew I would get you with one of these. I was so hoping it would be Claypool, though, because I hate Claypool as a player because of his personality. It was toxic. But what I had to you know, remind myself is two things. One, he had an amazing rookie season that was absolutely instrumental in the Steelers being 11-0 at one point. And the rookie season was also a problem because of all the TikToks with Juju and all that. So you could argue that we should get rid of him for that reason. But no Chase Claypool, no Joey Porter Jr. True. So That's I told true. myself I'm going to keep it the same because what he did in the beginning and what we were able to get out of him later, he did end up proving to be a valuable asset. Uh. Pick number 102, we took Alex Highsmith, outside linebacker. Did I change this pick, or did I keep it the same? You left it. 
I left it the same every single day. Um, <laughs> no change whatsoever. <laughs> Round number four, 124 overall. We took Anthony McFarland Jr., halfback out of Maryland. Uh, one thing that you will notice is Mike Tomlin has an unfortunate affinity for Maryland players, and so far none of them have panned out for the Steelers. Uh, we took, I don't even remember, Sean Davis years before, uh, and that pick didn't work out. We then took Anthony McFarland Jr. That pick didn't work out. So instead, I'm going to redraft that pick and take Legereus Sneed, cornerback that Kansas City took at 138. Now, same round, 135 overall. We took Kevin Dotson, offensive guard. I'm going to say no change to that because we were able to trade him for a draft pick. And I didn't see anybody else in this draft that I truly loved at that point that I wanted to take over him because he did start some valuable games for us. And his first couple seasons, he was pretty good. Uh, pick number five, round number five, we didn't have a draft pick. Number 198 in the sixth round, we took Antoine Brooks from Maryland. <laughs> when Jordan Fuller was taking the very next pick from the Rams. Oh. Safety. So... I corrected that. I took Noah. Uh, I took Jordan Fuller. Then, my favorite draft pick so far, and I know that's crazy to think, because I've made some, in my opinion, some really good changes. Round number seven, two hundred thirty-two overall. We took Carlos Carlos Davis, defensive tackle, out of Nebraska. But in my redraft, we took James Robinson, running back that was undrafted to the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> so, well, Monica, what would you rank and grade my 2020 draft? I'm laughing that you got James Robinson and Tony Pollard. I, I think he did you did pretty you, good. I think that you Jason already know Paul, what's going to happen the next one, right? You already know. Don't yeah. spoil it, but you already know. <laughs> the Chase Claypool one was very interesting to me. I That one shocked me a little bit. Your logic makes sense. I just, ooh, that one threw me. Um, yeah. But I think that the team is upgraded, so do it good. So, 2021, a day that will live in infamy. <laughs> I was so mad when this happened. I'm still not overtly thrilled about it. But I'm I'm more and more okay with it. But anytime you draft a running back in the first round, they need to be at least 20 years old to 21, 22 at the most. And they cannot be a running back that you're not going to use their skill set. Mm -hmm. You cannot draft somebody and try to make them be a scat back or, a, a you know, you just can't do that. We took 24 overall, Najee Harris. Now, Monica, you were with me when that happened, and I was angry. Not because I thought yeah. Najee was a bad player, no. but we're already just two years later talking about him being benched for an undrafted running back in real life. Because you, what I remember was you're like, yeah, we're not going to use him. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to give him 20-something carries a game. And no. this is the problem. When you have the opportunity to improve your team in other key areas 
and you reach for a running back when you didn't have to. If we had just drafted better, I've proven that in these last two drafts in 19 and 20. We get Pollard in the first one, James Robinson in the second one. We wouldn't have needed Najee Harris if we had done that. Mm-hmm. We would have been able to feel confident enough to pass on Najee for the guy that I took instead. So, Monica, I took Javon Holland, safety, that Miami normally took Ooh. at 36. You pair him with Minka, look out. It's just a spectacular fit, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And that's proven because him and Deshaun Elliott have been absolutely incredible in mm-hmm. Miami. Why we didn't do that, I don't understand. Because we have been trying to find a running mate for Minka, just like we did for Troy Polamalu until we finally found Ryan Clark. We've been trying to find a running mate for Minka the entire time he's been with the Steelers. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have had to do that if we had just taken Javon Holland. Yeah. And kind of going back to the Najee thing really quick is one thing that I I don't remember if I said it to you in the moment or whatever, but one of the things, one of the blights that I saw on Najee was he does not break away. Mm-mm. He He's going to run you over, but he's not going to run past you. So he's not going to break out for many long runs. His long runs are going to be like 20 yards. And yep. I did not think that that was going to translate to sustained NFL success. We thought we were redrafting Le'Veon Bell. And that was not possible. Sorry. I love Najee to death, but Najee's more Derek Henry in that you're going to have to get him going. And even Derek Henry is still a a high cut above what Najee is because Derek has that breakaway speed where you get him going and you get him on that 15th carry and he runs 99 yards down your throat, throwing everybody all over the place. He's done the 99 yards before. Mm-hmm. There's not remember. been a single run that I remember by Najee being over 40 yards. Uh, I just looked it up. His long for this year is 32, and I was shocked, shocked that it was mm-hmm. that long. Do you know what his career long is by chance? Um, let me let me see if I can look that up. But that's the problem with while you're looking for that when you overdraft a running back. I think what probably happened is we wanted Christian Derisaw, and he was drafted. And when he was drafted, right before this pick, that offensive tackle to the Vikings, we panicked and said, well, we need a running back. Let's just get Najee. But even Mm -hmm. Travis Etienne was available, and in my opinion, a better pick in that moment. You know, Mm -hmm. I just – Najee at that point, too, had not had a fully healthy season of a career in college and came back for his senior year. If he'd come out as a junior – he wouldn't have been a first-round pick, but I would have taken him in 2020 in the fourth round, and I think that would have been more to his skill set. The last three drafts, the Steelers have not hit on their first-round pick. It looks like 32 is his career long. There you go. So I, I that's what I said. I don't remember a 40-yard something run by him mm. ever. All right. Monica, at number 55 overall in 2021, the Pittsburgh Steelers selected Pat Fryermuth, tight end, out of Penn State. Did I change this pick or keep it the same? I am a little bit torn here, but I feel like you probably kept it. I did change it. You did? And I was torn, too. I I wrestled with this one for a few minutes. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I selected Nick Bolton, the linebacker out of Kansas City instead. He was taken at 58. So again, three picks away, we could have had a linebacker. What have the Steelers been struggling to replace since Ryan Shazier got hurt and Vince Williams retired? Linebackers. Mm -hmm. And I fixed that problem just with that one pick because we haven't even had one guy who has been spectacular. Uh, Round number three. We took Kendrick Green, who we traded this past offseason to the Houston Texans. He was terrible with us. He was actually playing okay with them before he got hurt, and I believe out for the season in the game that we ended up playing against Houston earlier this past season. Um, do you think I kept this pick or changed it? I don't remember what you traded him for, but I'm going to assume that you changed it. I did. Instead, I I redrafted an offensive guard taken at 94 overall, Ben Cleveland from the Baltimore Ravens. So I understand what we were trying to do there, but we shouldn't have done it. We we should have taken Ben Cleveland, uh, who's currently on one of the best offensive lines in football, and we could have had one of those pieces right here in 21. Mm -hmm. I digress. Round number four, we originally took, we had two picks that draft uh, in the fourth round. We originally took at 128, Dan Moore. I'm not changing that pick because he has started and been a quality left tackle. We are going to probably upgrade him after this season ends, but we've, we're, there's no one better at that point that I would have rather had. And so I kept him the same. However, at 140, I did make a change. Buddy Johnson, linebacker, this is what always makes me mad too when we look at it. We could have taken Bolton at round two. We did not have Fryermuth ever play with Big Ben. We could have taken. Oh, it just makes me mad. Well, Fryermuth did play one year with Ben. We tried to give Ben Heath Miller one more time. We shouldn't have done it. We could have had Bolton, and then we wouldn't have had to have taken Buddy Johnson. So, Monica, I changed this pick to Brevin Jordan, originally taken at 147 <laughs> by the Houston Texans. And in the playoff game, he scored a 76-yard touchdown. Yep. Um, I've never seen Pat Fryermuth do that. Now, I do think Fryermuth's a better tight end, so don't get me wrong. But if you had to pick, would you rather fix the defense and take the luxury pick of a tight end later in the draft when you know you've had teams have success with taking later draft you know, tight ends, Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, their third-round picks, uh, then you also have George Kittle, who's a fifth-round pick. I would have rather risked Brevin Jordan than forcing Fryermuth when we needed another position. I'll say, knowing what I know now, yes. But then I completely get why the Steelers did what they did. And Fry- it's not like is a bad pick. Yeah. No, he was a great pick. But if, if you had the ability to go back and the Steelers had to pick to change it, they might have even decided, well, we'll take Nick Bolton in the first round and Pat Fryermuth in the second. And I wrestled with that too, but I thought, again, you kind of see the theme that I'm working on here. I'm working on the defense and the offensive line. I'm desperately trying to fix those because I think those are our biggest problems, and they're problems that we have self-inflicted. We did not have to experience these. Uh, Round number five, 156 overall, we took Isaiah Loudermilk, defensive tackle. Uh, no, we didn't. We took Nate Hobbs, cornerback, who went to the Raiders at 167. 
I don't know that Hobbs would be a quality starter for us, especially with Joey Porter Jr. and Legereus Sneed being on the team in this redraft. But he mm-hmm. would definitely be a good special teams player and good depth, which we sorely need in the cornerback room. Oh. Um, round number six, we took Quincy Roche, or Roach, as some have said. Uh, no, instead we took Khalil Herbert, running back from the Bears, 217 overall. Again, it's not to me so much about forcing the running back position what we're seeing right now in the nfl khalil herbert has started quality games chuba hubbard has started quality games uh kyron williams has been starting super super well for the los angeles rams you you don't have to overdraft a a running back in the first round and Mm -hmm. Bijan robinson and saquon barkley and christian mccaffrey are great in their own right but 90 percent and I don't think that's an overinflated statistic, even though I just made it up. 90% of running backs do not come from the first round that are great running backs in this league. Jalen Warren almost had a thousand yard season as a backup running back, a co-starter, if you will, in Pittsburgh. He wasn't drafted. So you don't have to force the running back position to be what it is. Just take what's there. Don't overdraft it. And we still get a quality a quality back in Khalil Herbert. Round number seven, we had two picks. Uh, Trey Norwood, safety, no change. He's turned out to be a quality player for us on special teams. He started some games for us pretty well, too. I, I didn't see anybody else that I loved. Then we took Presley Harvin, third punter, and I just said trade out. He's terrible. I didn't even care who we got. Um <laughs> Every punt that that guy makes, I'm I'm terrified about this game against Buffalo because it seems like he punts worse in cold weather games. So Pittsburgh drafts a guy that can't punt in the cold weather, even though they're in Pittsburgh. Um, it just seems yeah, he's from trouble. Georgia Tech. Yeah, a Georgia Tech punter. He he's just not been consistent enough. And we already had AJ Cole from the Raiders, that undrafted mm-hmm. free agent punter. So I'm fine with that. Monica. Grade my 2021 draft before we move on to the 2022 draft and talk about who is on the Steelers team in my reset. It made some big, some really big changes. And a lot, like a lot of it, it feels like a depth type thing, Mm -hmm. but I also in another tab right now on my uh, on my computer have the depth chart pulled up, and it is embarrassing how bad the Steelers' depth is right now. And somehow we are still in the playoffs. <laughs> could you imagine without twenty twenty two being talked about yet? Could you imagine if this team was taking the field against the Bills? Well, you wouldn't be taking the field against the Bills. Even when Mason Rudolph as quarterback, I feel like you would be sitting on the couch this week. I think you're right. <laughs> getting ready to play next week. <laughs> yes. Um, and that's the funny thing, too. Even with as bad as our team is right now, if we don't drop those three games, let, let's just say Cleveland still beats us like they did at home, and mm-hmm. we fire Matt Canada after that. If we don't drop the following three games after beating the Bengals, to the Cardinals, the Patriots, and the Colts. We are the number one seed in the AFC. Mm-hmm. Now, Baltimore would have played their starters week 17, and everybody would have tried to, you know, hem-haw about that. I don't care. 
we've owned Baltimore the last several years. Now, if we beat the Bills somehow, some way, and Baltimore beats us this year, it will be the first time in almost five years that we have lost in Baltimore. And it will be the first time we've lost in Baltimore in the postseason. That will be the first time we've lost, period, since 2019 against them. We have owned them in the regular season. We have won seven of the last eight games against Baltimore, even with all of our quarterback struggles. That's four years' worth of games that we have won seven and one. So the only loss we have is when Mitch Trubisky came in last year for Kenny Pickett and threw a couple of picks over the middle of the field to Roquan Smith that he had no business making to Roquan and Patrick Queen, and we lost that game 16-14. Mm-hmm. We didn't even get shellacked. It was still close. I digress. Mm-hmm. So it is about trying to fix the depth. It is about trying to fix the problems on the offensive line and the defensive line. Now, 2022 is my second favorite draft. I loved 2019 because I was able to just do a bunch of things that were so much fun. But now we come to 2022. And we start off with round one, 20th overall, Kenny Pickett. Monica, did I keep this pick or did I change it? I don't remember who's available, but I'm going to say you changed it. Is that your final answer? Mm, I guess it's going to have to be. You are correct. I changed it. Because... Tyler Linderbaum was available. Ooh. And we let him go to 25 to Baltimore. So picture our offensive line now with James Daniels. We wouldn't have we wouldn't have needed Isaac Samalu, even though he was a great free agent pickup. You have Ben Cleveland on one side. You have Tyler Linderbaum in the middle, James Daniels on the other, and then you have this uh, this past year, um, Broderick Jones and Dan Moore starting at tackle. That's so much better. <coughs> that is so much better than what we have. And I would love that so much. What do you think about that redrafted pick there? Wow. Wow. I yeah. didn't know what to expect there, but wow, that's a good pick. And we're also able to make Baltimore worse in my redrafts because we've taken two of their best offensive linemen away from them. And that's a huge, that's a huge benefit. Um, at any You're, rate, you've also made the chiefs a little bit worse here too. So I'm happy for that. Oh, just wait. Just kidding. I, I don't think I actually hurt the chiefs anymore, uh, but I did hurt. I have hurt them plenty already. Um, yeah. R- round two. We took George Pickens. Did I keep or change that pick? Oh, that pick staying. Absolutely. So imagine, imagine this is your wide receiver room. DK Metcalf, George Pickens, Deontay Johnson. You also have Brevin Jordan available. You have Tony Pollard, who's been proven to be a good receiving back. James Robinson, who could also catch out of the backfield. You have Khalil Herbert, too. Where's the weakness it, okay, so you know, on it was worse on the old Madden games, from what I remember, is whenever you have too many, too much talent, and you have to like 
do a rotation and then everybody gets mad because yeah they they think that they deserve a starting role i feel like you're almost to that point here just wait it gets better at round three 84 overall, the Steelers selected DeMarvin Leal, defensive end. Now, he could still pan out. It's only his second year in the league, but he's not played well so far. Um, He's dealt with some injuries as a part of that, too. But instead, I took a guy that was taken five picks later to the Bills, Terrell Bernard, a linebacker. Um, This guy helped me win a championship this year because he's been so stinking good. He is a perfect linebacker to pair with Nick Bolton because they're both speedy quick and good in coverage, but they're also very adept and able to get to the quarterback. So speaking of speedy quick and good in coverage, did you just see what the Texans defense did? That pick six? Yeah. I loved it. Um, Oh, is that another one? Wow. Unbelievable. I love this so much because Cleveland has forgotten their place. Let, let me just go on record real quick, live on the GOAT podcast. Cleveland has forgotten their place because they had a spectacular year. Now, maybe Deshaun Watson would have played a little differently today, but Cinderella magic runs out typically. And I say that knowing full well, Mason Rudolph's probably going to do the same thing Monday or Tuesday, whenever they finally play that game. So this isn't me acting like Cleveland's trash because the Steelers are going to the Super Bowl. No, I don't think that whatsoever, but I'm telling you right now, I said to several people that I know, I did not think Cleveland was going to come out and play this game. Well, and the reason why you don't get to bench all your players and not be rusty the next week. And no team will ever learn their lesson from that. The only team that I've seen do it well has been Kansas City. But you notice they don't bench everybody. No. At any rate. That was my boy Christian Harris, too. What do you think about the redraft selection of Terrell Bernard instead of DeMarvin Leal? That That is interesting. As far as like from a fantasy perspective, I think that he's not going to get as many tackles because right. you have you've got to run through Montez Sweat, Max Crosby, you know all of these other all these other guys. You know Nick Bolton is a tackle. Mm-hmm. He it would be very hard from a fantasy perspective for him to be good, but he is a solid option. Yeah. Round four, we had one pick, 138 overall. We took Calvin Austin from Memphis. Now, I don't hate Calvin Austin as a player, but he has not gotten to really do a whole lot just yet. We don't really use him as much as we should in the offense. Maybe that'll change with a new offensive coordinator. But there was a player there that I liked a little bit better and I thought would really help bookend our cornerback room. Because you notice, Legereus Sneed likes to play in the slot. Joey Porter Jr. is a lockdown corner, and we didn't change anything from 2023. So why not take Tariq Woolen, the cornerback that the Seahawks mm. took at 153? And now you have completely blanketed the NFL field because you have Minka, Javon Holland, Tariq Woolen, Legereus Sneed, 
and Joey Porter Jr. How do you pass on that? Because as you just so eloquently mentioned, TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, Montez Sweat, Max Crosby, Cameron Hayward, Nick Bolton, and Terrell Bernard. This might be an undefeated team, just defensively speaking. And you don't need yeah. to forget, we still have all the depth that we didn't have because I made some key additions with Nate Hobbs and some other things as well, like Jordan Fuller in the safety room. I tried to mitigate the losses as much as possible, and Andrew Van Ginkle. I, I feel like, and I'll let you wait till we get to the end, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong on this, but I feel like so far I did this the right way because I actually started with 2022 and worked my way back to 2019 mm-hmm. so that my recency bias would be very strong and I would know who did I think was a really good player last year that's played well this year. But then as I got deeper and deeper back, I was able to really focus on some key areas of need because of what I did here in 2022 and 2021. Now, this defense could take Nathan Peterman to a Super Bowl. I think you're right. At pick number 208, we took Connor Hayward, tight end, no change. He's been a valuable piece of the offense for us, and we utilize him in a multiple amount of ways you know we use him as a fullback we use him as a tight end he's played running back some as an extra blocker he's valuable I didn't see anybody that I liked more the same is true with number 225 Mark Robinson linebacker and here's the beauty of it he's just depth now he Mm -hmm. does not have to start like he is right now and that's exactly why we drafted him we wanted him to be a linebacker that could be a depth piece but oh well My favorite pick, I alluded to it earlier. Mm -hmm. At number 241, we took Chris Oludicon, quarterback. Monica, did I keep or change this pick? Oh, you changed it. And who did I change it to? Who did you change it to, Michael? You know him. Come on. You said what pick was this? 241. This guy was taken last. That's the only hint Hmm. you're getting. Hmm. Was it Brock Purdy? Yes. I was, see, okay. The reason that I hesitated a little bit is because I was also thinking about Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, so that would have been a good one, and I probably should have taken him over Connor Hayward or Mark Robinson to have a true first, you know, every down back. But I think if the Steelers are doing what they did this year with Najee and Jalen, they could have done that with Warren, Herbert, and Pollard. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe one of those guys would have asked to be traded. Maybe Robinson still tears his Achilles and is done as a player, basically. But in this scenario of fairytale land, that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And since it doesn't happen, we're all good. Um, mm-hmm. So, Monica, that brings the the new drafts to look like this. And I'm going to blow through this, and then we'll talk about what the team looks like. Okay. 2022, Tyler Linderbaum, center. George Pickens, wide receiver. Terrell Bernard, linebacker. Tariq Woolen, quarterback, cornerback. Connor Hayward, tight end, Mark Robinson, linebacker, and Brock Purdy, quarterback. 2021, 
Javon Holland safety, Nick Bolton linebacker, Ben Cleveland offensive guard, Dan Moore offensive tackle, Brevin Jordan tight end, Nate Hobbs cornerback, Khalil Herbert running back, Trey Norwood safety, Presley Harvin the third punter. No, we traded out. I just don't know with who. Uh, 2020, no pick Minka Fitzpatrick in round one. Chase Claypool, wide receiver. Alex Highsmith, outside linebacker. Legereus Sneed, cornerback. Kevin Dotson, offensive guard. Jordan Fuller, safety. James Robinson, running back. 2019, Montez Sweat, defensive end. DK Metcalf, wide receiver. Deontay Johnson, wide receiver. Max Crosby, defensive end. Tony Pollard, running back. Andrew Van Ginkle, outside linebacker. Isaiah Bugs, defensive end. And A.J. Cole, punter. Monica, what does the Steelers team look like with those additions? Would you read me the starting offense and defense? All right. So at quarterback, it would be Brock Purdy. Then running back, I don't know who you would put in as your starter. Who would you put in as your your starter? Probably Pollard. Okay. So Tony Pollard. Then at wide receiver, you have... DK Metcalf. <laughs> and then, I mean, on the other George side. Pickens probably let DJ work the slot. <laughs> there you I'm go. I'm assuming. That's insanity. At tight end, you'll have Brevin Jordan. Uh, offensive tackle, you are going to have. Let's see. Who are your offensive tackles? Should be Broderick I Jones think, and Dan Moore. Yeah, I was about to say, I think the those stayed the same. At yeah. your offensive guard positions, you would have Ben Cleveland. And I think that's all we've got there, just Ben Cleveland. And so then your James center Daniels would, would be the other guy. James Daniels. And then your center is going to be Tyler Lindenbaum. And then... I just don't even know this defense, man. Broderick Jones. It, it is. As well as the other tackle. Yeah. This defense, uh, it's a plug and play. Like, you could go any which direction here. How I would have this set up is okay. I would have, I would run a. Three four with this probably. Okay. And I would have Montez Sweat, Max Crosby, and Cameron Hayward. Those would be my. Those would be my. Um, defensive line, and then I'm right behind them to complete my front seven. I'm gonna have T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith. And then I would also have a Nick Bolton. And, oh, I'm debating. I'm thinking Terrell Bernard. That's that's really close, though. But I think he'd be my other. But it would be, ooh, that's close. And see, none of these, none of these picks... I, I want people to know this, you know, all three of our listeners, none of these picks are unrealistic. 
I made yeah. sure of that. Yeah. There was no the Steelers traded up to number one overall in twenty nineteen and and took Joe Burrow or what it, no. There was none of that trash going on. The GOAT network likes to try to deal in reality. Who were the players taken around that selection? But the other takeaway I would want people to make on this before I get your final thoughts on how I did, the NFL draft, we get so caught up in round one. Mm -hmm. And even on this podcast, we talk about Michael got 25 of 31 correct, technically 26 of 32 if you include Joey Porter Jr. and the fact that the Dolphins had lost a draft pick for tampering. Well, the first round does not make an NFL team. Now, it can bust an NFL team. We saw that in 2019 because the Steelers trading up for Devin Bush, it wrecked their draft. They yeah. had so many problems that they didn't have a second-round pick. They didn't have an ability to do X, Y, and Z. They could have been great had they just stayed the course, but they chose mm -hmm. not to do that because Devin Bush, I think they had hoped Devin White would fall to 10, and when it didn't happen, they jumped and scrambled. Now, prediction alert, Devin White's probably going to be a free agent this offseason. Do not be surprised if Devin White ends up in Pittsburgh. Do not be mm -hmm. shocked by that. I think that's a very realistic prediction. However, the NFL draft is made in round two through four. Because round five, six, and seven, outside of the obvious Brock Purdy, there was not a single player that I took in round five through seven that is a world-beater starter, just Brock Purdy. So the mm -hmm. NFL draft is absolutely built around rounds two through four. That's where the talent is. And if your mm -hmm. team can traditionally hit on those, and some of the Steelers' picks on their own were really good, Deontay Johnson, Alex Highsmith, you know, you, you've got those types of players going the way that they did. Uh, even Dan Moore, you could say, was a quality starter. All of that going the way that it is, it, it does not take much for a team to be able to get back on track. They've just got to be consistent. Mm -hmm. So, Monica, have I successfully fixed the Pittsburgh Steelers? A million percent, yes. And I think the biggest change is on defense. Because, Which should tell you something, because that's usually our bread and butter. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think the biggest change is on defense. And, like, the offense is good. The offense is incredible, but I, I am astounded by this defense. And I think one thing, if, if you had to give a weakness, what would it be? I think I'll know what you'll say, but what would it be? Because I, I, if I'm right, I already have an answer. What was the weakest thing that I did in the draft and the weakest part of our roster? Mm. I I think the blocking with the tight end and the offensive line is a little bit lacking. Okay. Is there another position that you think may also be lacking? Because I'm surprised. Was not expecting offensive line or tight end. I get it. I see it, but I wasn't expecting it. Mm. That's the big that's the big one that I'm that I'm that it's like staring me in the face. Okay. So I built the running back room as most NFL teams are doing it today. Mhm. Mm 
And I would, if I were looking at it and like, cause I, you know, you could argue I could have just taken Pacheco in round seven uh, when we took Mark Robinson and taken mm-hmm. Pacheco in round seven and then Brock Purdy and at the end of round seven. But most, even though, even the chiefs don't use Pacheco as an every down back, mm-hmm. you know, he may get 15 carries a game. Maybe not tonight. Mm-hmm the playoff game between the chiefs and the dolphins. Yeah. Pacheco's probably going to be heavily involved. They just released the inactives. Uh, it won't matter to those that are here, but, um, Kadarius Tony's not playing tonight. That might actually be better. Um, but th- I, there's an, I saw problem. a, I saw a meme this morning and it said, you know, imagine that you're freezing to death in Kansas city. And the last thing you see is Kadarius Tony drop a key third down pass. <laughs> Well, thankfully, they don't have to worry about that tonight. It'll just be Sky Moore or Marquez Valdez-Scantling doing that. Um, I wonder if Taylor Swift will be in her press box tonight. Um, Anyways, uh, I tried to build the running back room as most of the NFL teams are doing it. So I'll say this to those of you that are out here that do listen. If you'd like me to do your team, I'll do it. And I promise you that though some of the picks might be the same because there might be nothing better than what you have available in those little areas. A lot of them won't be the same because if you picked before the Steelers, you're going to have better talent available at certain points of the draft than the Steelers had. If you pick after the Steelers, you're going to have certain needs that are not going to be fulfilled that are available at certain parts of the draft. So even if I did the, the Detroit Lions or the New Orleans Saints or the Miami Dolphins, the the draft would end up look looking a lot different than it did with what we did today. Now Monica and I are probably I think going to try to do this again with the Denver Broncos mm-hmm. and do it together. That's going to be interesting with 2019 where we start because oh, they don't yeah. get the haul of picks that they got that ended up actually benefiting them a decent mm-hmm. bit. Um a team that I'm really, really intrigued to do this with, weirdly enough, is the Packers. I would be curious to see Green Bay. I wonder if we if we would be able to do them. But maybe one of the things we do is just kind of go through and do that. Now, we didn't change the Steelers' 2023 draft. That's because we really liked it, or I really liked it at least. I didn't have any real big issues with it. That's not to say that we wouldn't change your team's 2023 draft, though, Monica, or another team. Um, it's very likely that we could change some drafts because what what oh, are yeah. some of us doing with, with our draft picks? And I, I'll say this. Carolina. This is the last thing. Absolutely. This is the last thing I'm going to say on it. What does it tell you that Kevin Colbert's last five drafts I had a lot of changes made. I changed overall one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. I changed twenty selections, and wow. there were a total. There's only seven picks a draft. You know, five times seven is 35, but then you also have to factor in. We didn't have a pick in the fifth round in two of those drafts. Mm-hmm. So it, what does it tell you that with Kevin Colbert or Colbert's last five drafts that he did, I had 20 changes that I felt could be made 
But then Omar Khan's, I looked at and thought, I don't really see anything this year that I feel the need to change. I'm hopeful that Omar Khan is going to be able to, uh, you know, be a con artist for years to come. Um, I love him. I think that he did a good job with what he was given in this year. Because even with what we did, this is a blowout. I love it. Even with what we did, um, trading up for Broderick Jones, we that's just gave up a fourth boy. round pick. Let's go. Actually, that's our official favorite. Yeah, Houston Texan of the Goat Podcast. I'm kind of amazed that uh, well, mine would be CJ Stroud, but you know that's different. Reasons. Our official favorite together. Yes. Okay. Sure. Um. <laughs> I kind of love that Joe Flacco is still awake. I wish he was sleeping. That would be hilarious because he's certainly sleeping on the field. Um, sorry, that was mean. But it's JOK completely overran that, and it left that huge, huge gap for Singletary to just sprint through. Hello. Yeah, that, that was is a flag. <laughs> yeah. Also, I love that Miles Garrett has made no impact on this game. It's so but he's wonderful. defensive player of the year front runner. Even though TJ Watt had 19 sacks and missed time in that fourth quarter where he probably would have gotten another sack, would have had 20 sacks. How can you be the front runner? Well, because he's double and tripled more than any other position. So that's not how the defensive player of the year is supposed to be voted. If that's true, Aaron Donald should win it almost by default every year. And mm -hmm. Micah Parsons is higher too than Miles Garrett. But we don't talk about that. Everybody loves Miles Garrett for some reason. He's a helmet hitting over the head, great defensive player, but I've never thought of him as, you know, and he came defensive from player the, of the year every year. He went to the Colt school for college, right? Yeah, the Aggies, Texas yep. A&M. Someone and see earlier today, and this I'll close it out with this earlier today. Someone said, he's showing out in his home state of Texas. And I'm like, he's done nothing so far. And it's the first quarter, the second drive they've been on the field. And I don't know. I just, I'm not a huge fan of the, the announcers today um, because they just, they, they're clearly saying stuff because it's buzzword playoff talk. I digress. Monica, give me an overall grade on these five the four drafts that I did. A plus. I agree. I was very proud of myself. What all right, what year was your favorite? I think I know, but what year was your favorite? What year do you think was my favorite? Twenty nineteen. Where I got like five starters in the first five picks. <laughs> I I was debating between 2019 and 2022. Yeah, I do, I do like 22s as well because I drafted five starters uh, in that, well, four starters in that one as well and arguably got, because I thought, okay, how am I going to fix the quarterback room? And I knew I was going to have to not take Kenny Pickett, but if we had done this, maybe Brock Purdy doesn't play the same because we don't have a, the offensive system. Matt Canada surely would have killed him with his play calling, but I think the defense could have made up for that. Um, mm -hmm. because that's exactly what San Francisco's kind of proven. If the defense can go hunt, Brock Purdy doesn't have to really worry. He just has to be smart with the football. Yeah, and so, he's very good with that. Absolutely. Monica, next time, Denver Broncos. Yeah, but until buddy. then.
Do you have anything else that you would like to add? No, not really. All right. Well, guys, take care.